You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. This episode, we'll be talking about Deep Purple in Rock. In the room, I have Rob. Oh, hello. Ben. Ahoy. And John. Hi. In Rock is the fourth studio album by the English rock band Deep Purple, released on the 3rd of June, 1970, on Harvest and Warner Brothers. The producer was Deep Purple, and the genre is heavy metal and hard rock. In May 1969, Pace, Lord, and Blackmore decided to take the plunge and concentrate on an increasingly dominant hard rock and classical elements in their music leaving behind the pop and commercial side and aiming at the UK and European rock circuit. This led to the hiring of bassist Nicky Semper and the vocalist Rod Evans. Thus was born the now classic Mark II lineup that made its proper debut on the album In Rock and solidified the band as a forerunner of straight-ahead hard rock. From the opening track, Speed King, Richie Blackmore's blistering guitar solos make it immediately obvious that the band was no longer fooling around. And once the band gets going, they launch into the album's epic 10-minute tour de force, Child in Time, in which the new singer, Ian Gillum, led his bandmates on a series of hypnotizing crescendos from the song's gentle beginning through to its ear-shattering climax, and then back again for an even more intense encore. In Rock hit the UK album charts, reaching number four and staying in the top 30 for over a year. The die was now cast for one of Hard Rock's early defining groups. All right, what do we think of In Rock? It like deep purple. Fucking rocks. It does rock. It certainly does rock. Accurate description. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that uh, all of us were curious as to why this album was in here, since none of us, I don't, I, I hadn't at least gone no. back uh, no. before Machine Head. And no. uh, I thought Machine Head was like their first album. Yeah, <laughs> I thought Machine Head was basically you their know career. That's that's a yeah. yeah that's the sort of and, album. Then, then I saw the cover album part of it was just fucking meatheads in, in, the, in, the, in the Mount Rushmore thing yeah. with their shitty haircuts. And yeah, Speed King comes on and it's just a fucking barn burner the entire goddamn time. This record rips. Yeah, it it's like straight, it's like the most straight ahead version we've got of this. It's like they took... Inigata DeVita. Well, they had claimed that they saw Led Zeppelin, and they're like, "That's <laughs> fire the bassist and the vocalist, and we're doing that. Whatever that is, that's us." They just got out of it and said, "We want to be straight, straight ahead rock. This is it." Well, they they yeah. they became I, straight ahead rock, and it, it was very it's good. It's the right choice to make. <laughs> yeah, you know. Should, should, hey guys, should we? That Led Zeppelin band's pretty good. Should we play rock and roll? <laughs> Yes, yes, always yes. Play rock and roll. Yeah. But, I mean, unlike uh, some of these other bands that we've listened to previously, like, this is just, there's not really uh, a folk element. There's not a blues element. I mean, other than just, like, obviously rock derives from blues. But yeah. 
it's like it's just rock. It's just just pure rock with occasional organ noodlings. Oh. I was I was gonna bring <laughs> you know, that up. That, you know, that, it is deep purple. I mean, you're not gonna get away from the organ noodles. They're happening. Original member, yes, but every every song at like one one minute and a half. There's always like this little organ thing that comes in no matter what, and it's just like, hey guys, don't forget organ. Well, as many times as as that happens throughout their career leading up to Machine Head, then you've got Highway Star, and I'm like, I'm glad they had they kept that organ player around yeah. for that whole time. So he could be ready for so Highway he could Star. Be ready for Highway Star. <laughs> I don't dislike it. It's just I don't think they quite knew how to incorporate that within the the song structure. I and really... so it feels like this extra thing where it's it's like, oh right, we're gonna stop here, you do like a noodle and then we'll continue the song. It, it feels like an extra thing until yeah. you get to Child in Time where motherfuckers <laughs> running two simultaneous leads with a guitar going for the like like the three part harmony. Yeah, no. They let, let if this, if this if this is what it takes I'm totally fine with it. I'm yeah. fine with it. But I do have a running theory, guys, and I haven't looked this up yet, but I know that we're going to be talking about Moondance, and there's a whole shit ton of flute on that, mm-hmm. and this has the organ in it, and then before this, there's a bunch of harpsichord stuff. Was there just a traveling salesman, like, <laughs> of sh- crappy old gear? Just unloading, just, just, unloading Baroque think, musical just, instruments. Ex- exactly. <laughs> just like, like, ah, I know what the kids want. Or... <laughs> I just figured that stuff was just knocking around in every old house in England. You know, you, that might have been it. You well, go far enough into the cellar and you find you find the mandolin. Yeah, yeah but like the, these B threes were not cheap, and they were a thousand pounds. And they're not really a thousand. Well, they pounds. were doing more, you know, jazz pop oriented stuff. So it wasn't it wasn't that they it was a turning point, but it, you know they had already had this organ within. Okay. That context. Well, I, I I still like the idea of a traveling salesman think... being like, "Oh, Gil needs to make a sale. <laughs> yep. Oh, the, you know you the know. psychedelic sound needs a fucking harpsichord. Yeah, ham, and or, ham and organs aren't the best thing to be sold by a traveling salesman. <laughs> but just pull about... his wagon full of organs down the cobblestone street. <laughs> Dude was ripped. <laughs> Uh, is this a is this a, a, a B three in Deep Purple or I'm, are you just using like I'm a combo organ? Almost positive it's a B three yeah. um, because he he goes back and forth between uh, a Marshall speaker and a Leslie, like mm. depending on what what track it's on. Uh, it, it, there, there's a definite definite difference between uh, the organ tones, like track to track, all depending. And um, yeah, when when I saw them, I, I saw this band uh, live with uh, Dio and uh, Scorpions. Hey, good job! Which, I, thank you. Was it yeah. Mark Mark Four at that point? Probably? Um, I don't know. It was it was two thousand and two. Yeah, probably um, Mark Four. Yeah, but yeah, uh, the, it was definitely a B three that was on the stage with them at that point in time, and I can only assume that that was the shit that they were dragging yeah. around because even though this is like the very beginning of hard rock. All those assholes had cabinets the size of a skyscraper. <laughs> might be able, it might have been a C3. Oh. oh. Another I, letter's worth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. One full letter. <laughs> right. oh. yeah. yeah, because in 73, his Hammond C3 gave out and he bought another. Oh, well, this is 70, though, so it might have still been right. a B. No, no, no. no but, it, but the C gave out it in ga- 70. It, oh, it, it gave out. Oh, okay. Hopefully they have yeah. more, more than, than three years <laughs> shelf life. <laughs> right. Not when you're playing in deep purple, they no. don't. True. <laughs> I could imagine that thing getting 
Yeah, getting... <laughs> Wailing on those bass keys, man. <laughs> okay, so I have to say, when I heard Child in Time start, I was like, what is this? Yeah, we all, <laughs> said, we all said the same thing. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I, 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 I still am. <laughs> what is this? Well, I started listening, and I was like, this is not good. What is this sort of, like, Iron Butterfly stuff? And then it, like, the solo ramps up, like, a hundred miles an hour. It just, like, takes off. And I'm... And I... I was blown away by that. Which I think leads into a lot of heavy metal and hard rock, like and they may they may have gotten that. Valero did that. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, I mean, also that was Sergio Leone, not Leone, Ennio Marcone did a lot of that stuff for the Good of the Men, the Ugly soundtrack, but with drums specifically, like yeah, yeah. Okay, well then there you have a snare drum. Well, this is the first time that I've heard it in a rock and roll album, hmm. or at least to my recollection, in a rock and roll album. It's because you weren't here the week we did the Jeff Beck group. Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just pulled this up, and I, I don't know uh, the validity of, of most of this, but the Hammond C3 organ, uh, the prices back in 1954 was Hammond C3 model B3. So a Hammond C3. Wait, the C3 is the B3? As far what? as I can Off tell, Hammond. man. <laughs> um, a model There's like, more things you can use for names. But in 1954, a Model B3 of the Hammond C3 organ ah, cost $2,745. So wow. In $54. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Which is, is a like, very ooh, fucking yeah, pricey like $23,000 now. That church money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That good, good church that money. good, good church money. Yeah. A Hammond yeah. B3 is a church organ. The the shrieks in Child in Time when it starts to ramp. Yeah. It's just immense. <laughs> so good, man. This song's goofy. It, it is goofy, but in the best rips. kind of way. <laughs> so when at, at around six minutes in, when uh when the song like has like the fake ending and then it, it's already done everything, and then it starts over again. 
and then I look at the time, and there's still like five minutes left. <laughs> That's kind of where like the bottom falls out of the song. I was like, I just did that. Yeah, you can you can trim it. <laughs> it doesn't there. it doesn't gain anything from the second. I mean, the, the second, second time ending, they play the song, right? You could play from six minutes to ten minutes and get the same feel. Guys, of if I saw one this band to... live and they came back after a fake out and did that, I would have lost my shit. It's a live thing. It's a live thing. Absolutely lost my shit. And they they didn't play. They don't play this anymore, or didn't play this anymore back in the day because he couldn't hit the notes. Yeah, like yeah. That, this was a certain amount of a child in time of so, a song. So they couldn't play it live. So. Is it a live thing or is it not? It was a live was thing a live until he thing. couldn't do it anymore live. I'm saying, I'm saying that when I think about a song, sometimes I, I envision, oh, but how is this live? And I'm saying that this song is definitely one that is just like, this is something that we do live, yeah. being this long stretched out, and this where was, they could have cut it down to what we were saying before. This was they a staple in their live six. set. Yeah. Oh, this was okay. absolutely, like, this was a big fucking song. Yeah, to see an immense shredding yeah. guitar solo and... Ah, oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's yeah. it's uh, intense. Who, does anybody have a favorite uh, title of a track on the album? Because mine is Flight of the Rat. <laughs> yeah. I, mine is also, which I read they were working on a uh, an, in, a, a, an inverted version of Flight of the Bumblebee. Someone was fucking around <laughs> yeah. on yeah. Flight of the Bumblebee yeah. and it stuck. Yeah, Flight of the Rat is a, is a great title. It, it doesn't sound, at least to me, like Flight of the Bumblebee, but just because you throw out the, the song theory to begin with and make something else doesn't mean you don't keep a great name. Yeah. Deflator Rat. Yeah. <laughs> That is exactly what that means. A bat is a flying mouse. Yes. Deflator mouse. Bert, you can turn this up in the headphones again if you want. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, since we're on the topic of Flay of the Rat, Flay of the Rat loses me when they go into the silly funk scratch break. Yes. Uh, me too. It yeah, loses I, the theme, but I appreciate the funk scratch because I hadn't heard muted wah-wah mm. on, a, on a guitar before, which then gets taken off by Tom Morello in Rage Against the Machine. Obviously, I'm sure other people did it before him. Silly funk bands. <laughs> I like silly funk bands. I'm saying it now. Well, I, I I look forward to speaking of silly <laughs> funk when it gets into our ears. I hope we get to listen to Nard. I mean, that's <laughs> a straight up get to Hendrix move, though. Right? What's that? That's a straight up Hendrix move. To yeah. to mute a yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. To get the scratch. The scratch. Yeah. Oh yeah. But it, like Hendrix would the... Hendrix would throw it in for effect, like uh, like a seasoning. Like a seasoning on a, on on a something else that he's doing, these guys turn it into like a whole part of the song. That's true. Yeah, that. Uh, That's a bit uh, of, uh, Hendrix yeah. opened up with it on um, uh, Voodoo Child, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah. But this yeah, is sort for, of for like like thirty seconds, maybe. right? Yeah. This is part of the style of the guitar for that song for the whole song. Yeah. Uh, Rob and Ben are now doing their best two organ noodle fingers in the air. <laughs> my, th- uh, my two organs are really far apart <laughs> in this situation. <laughs> But I think that, you know, it's like gladiator stuff. If you're going to have two organs, you want them real far apart. You want people to see you play them both. Yeah, yeah. You want to like look like all like <laughs> spread eagle play with two organs. <laughs> you know, just I mean, like, pa- full power stance. As the organ player, that's your that's your move, man. You get one a, one a show. Well, you can't run around on stage. Right. You at least got to put your two organs far apart from each other. <laughs> this might be the start of Hesher. <laughs> the, uh, what, what people would be referred to as Heshers. You think this right. starts Hesher's? I, I mean, know. look at his haircut. Oh, <laughs> the haircut wrought in stone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's kind of a Hesher cut. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, by the way, uh, the Hammond uh, weighed 425 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> so that salesman is having a rough time. The console without the bench and the pedal boards weighs about 310 pounds. And the Leslies themselves also oh, weigh fuck. a fuck ton. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, each Leslie is like, what, 100-something? It's a dumb commitment. And eventually mm. they made uh, like road-worthy models of them where they were more kind of like, ro- like they were built into like road cases. But the original ones were built for churches. You know, it's 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 a piece of furniture. It looks like like an armoire, you know, and just to, to travel with a four hundred pound armoire. <laughs> hey man, you got to commit to rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. For 15 months off of this record. Yeah. 15 Yeah, that's months. insane to have a tour a, that's a like world 15 tour. Month. Yeah. They, they went on a world tour for 15 months. And how months. long was this on the charts? Like 30 weeks? 30, 30 weeks. weeks. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. <laughs> these yeah. goofy. Guys. This is also. Just these, but these goofs, <laughs> these goofs for a long time were the Guinness Book of World Records loudest band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for a long time. For a long time. And then, you know, there were other up-and-comers before Guinness decided to, you know, discontinue Turns that. Turns out because you could just buy ears. more amps. It's, yeah. really just <laughs> just, it's, it's just who bought the most amps. Right, who bought the most amps, who turned them up the loudest. Yeah, okay. the Who, then Manowar, then Gallows, then back to Manowar. I think Manowar was the last one that took the crown before Guinness said, like, fuck this, you're killing people. <laughs> Uh, all right, how how we feel? I would absolutely recommend this record. Yeah. There is so much good and so much rock and roll. Hard rock and roll. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. This is not a perfect record. I think that this record has a considerable amount of filler in it. I think that Deep Purple Shred, I don't think they're the best songwriters. And shredding can get you so far. And for me, in this instance, it can get you a positive review. <laughs> you know, but, but that being said, it, like, it, 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 if you like listen to like Deep Purple and Rock, you're like, yeah, this is this is classic. This is all. and then and then you listen to you know like Zeppelin three right after, you're like, oh wait, no, like this is classic and this shreds. Yeah, I think Deep Purple and Rock shreds and it shreds enough that i'm giving it a, a positive review i like my ears like the way it does yeah. ben if you found this or how much would you pay for this if you found it at a record store or a a, a thrift store i would pay upwards of 10 american dollars right. for a clean mm-hmm. copy of deep purple and rock all right yeah I, i'm gonna give it a positive i agree with ben that it's not an album i could say that i want to listen to every song start to finish but there's so many interesting and awesome things that are happening during this album that it's it's solid to listen to and at least, you know, learn from, if nothing else. And just, like, see that there's some bizarre freaking out shit that's happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I had the same thought that you do, Ben. It's like they, they built this template for shredding and straight ahead just, you know, rock and roll. But at the same time, there are quite a bit of flaws within the album. So I wouldn't go back to, you know... 
front to back, just listen to every song. I would, um, yeah, I'd probably pick and choose, but at the same time, yeah, it's good. It's good rock and roll. I, I don't think any of the songs on here is a pure singular turd. Oh yeah. no! Like no. I think that there's it, a lot it, of it parts can be of the song without being a turd. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to make that point that there's nothing on here that is a a, a bad song. There's just you know, you know, I feel a similar way <laughs> about Machine Head. Like there's there's tracks of Machine Head that I could do without. I would take like my favorite four songs off this and my favorite four songs off Machine Head and and make make the best make album. the <laughs> make the best Deep Purple album. Yeah. <laughs> you know? The thing about that though is I feel like. I mean, I really like a song like Bloodsucker, but if Bloodsucker shreds, man! But, but then the organ. But those organ <laughs> parts kind of bring it down. So it's it's not necessarily, I feel like, you can just pull out the songs. I think there's things within the songs that I love that are just like, that part's not as strong, or it's like they just... It just doesn't flow. It doesn't mesh the way that a lot of super classic songs would, would, would yeah. find their footing. Bloodsucker huh. reminded me, the track Bloodsucker, track two, reminded me of Thunderlip. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who would then go on to cover Highway Star. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah, Bloodsucker has a really nice driving, like, hard guitar line to it, but then the organ poops on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the organ doesn't. But you're going to be glad he's around when Highway Star comes. <laughs> yeah, I was glad he was around the whole time. Yeah. yeah. He, he really doesn't bother me. I actually, I like when the organ kind of doubles the bass line just to make it super fast. Oh, that is yeah. great. That's yeah. a good technique. Like that, yeah. yeah. All right, next time we'll be talking about Van Morrison, Moondance. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. All right, thanks. <laughs> fantastic.